We should at least be honest with our kids and tell them the truth about drug laws in this country. Kids, if you're gonna experiment, make absolutely certain that beforehand your parents are white and well-connected. Over the past 25 or so years, individual states have enacted laws that effectively decriminalize the possession, use, sale, cultivation, and purchase of limited amounts of cannabis. To a degree, we're witnessing the legalization of cannabis. With the passage of the Illinois Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act in 2019, Illinois became the first state to decriminalize adult use sales by an act of the state legislature. More often than not, we've seen decriminalization efforts enacted via voter initiatives. Vermont, for example, legalized adult use, but not sales, through its legislature. I believe we're seeing the same thing play out in New York, where you can possess cannabis as an adult, but you can't purchase cannabis as an adult use customer. Today I'd like to point out that saying that cannabis has been legalized in Illinois is largely a misnomer. In other words, I am of the opinion that cannabis has not been truly legalized in the state of Illinois. Instead, we've seen the decriminalization of sales and possession for limited amounts of cannabis, a small but important distinction. I've had multiple people reach out since I announced that I would be doing an episode on this topic, and most people are surprised to learn about the penalties that remain. A few of you reached out to me to say that basically, this is not new, we've seen this happen in other states before, and it's more or less part of the status quo. I want to say to you that you're correct. Other states have indeed adopted half-ass legalization measures. Colorado, for example, was one of the first states to announce that they, quote, legalize cannabis. Meanwhile, you can still get felonies and maximum fines of $100,000 in colorful Colorado. So, it is correct to point out that Illinois is, more or less, following a trend with regard to the decriminalization of cannabis. But my question to you today is, does that make it right? My next guest, Evan Bruno, is here to add some credibility and substance to this conversation. Evan, please introduce yourself to the audience of the Chillinois podcast. Thank you. Um, my name is Evan Bruno. I'm a uh, longtime cannabis user and also a criminal defense attorney in Urbana, Illinois. I practice here with my father, Thomas, and my brother, Anthony. All we do here is criminal defense. That includes uh, people who are uh, charged with all types of drug offenses, including cannabis offenses, which uh, we have not seen our numbers go down. Really? Really. Um, you made a point that I think legalization is a misnomer. Uh, I agree with that. I don't even think it's a misnomer. I just think it's wrong to say we've legalized cannabis. Um, it's it's not like a, a trick of vernacular. Uh, I, I think one of the things you'd need to do to decriminalize cannabis or to legalize cannabis is a better way to put it. To legalize cannabis, the legislature would have had to take away some criminal cannabis laws. They did not do that. Right. They did not take away a single criminal cannabis laws. All of those cannabis laws that existed down to from personal amounts, down to large amounts, from selling to possessing, all of those laws still exist. Not a single cannabis law was repealed. In fact, we have more cannabis control laws on the books in Illinois now than we did three years ago or two years ago before the legislation was passed. Um, it is easier to get in 
criminal trouble for cannabis now in the year 2021 than it was in 2019. There are more ways to get in criminal trouble for cannabis now than there were before, quote unquote, legalization. So that's why I say it's not legal. It's just there is a legal pathway through which adults over 21 can use cannabis legally. But to say that cannabis is legal, it's it's just not true. Yeah, well said. And I think a a great place to start um, is the fact that, I mean, you just mentioned you can get in more trouble now than before. Um, Now we've defined what is a a cannabis container, which for the most part I think is agreeable. It needs to be sealed, right? And we can agree that alcohol, other drugs, preferably sealed when you're, uh, you know, transporting them, um, especially if you're driving the vehicle. Uh, They should be childproof, um, which, you know, let's set aside that alcohol isn't childproof, I mean, arguably. Uh, but uh, we agree that it's not, uh, you know, a harsh regulation to, to require childproofing of the containers. Although I will say that it does cause some uh, issues for some of our patients with, uh, I'm trying to think, dexterity issues. Right. Um, odor proof. What does that mean? For you <laughs> or for a canine? Right. For a German Shepherd, I don't. I don't know what that means. I don't think anyone knows what it means. Yeah. Well, and it's just funny because I've, I've uh, had conversations with local law enforcement, and they were like, "Yeah, it's supposed to be odor proof." And I was like, "But why, when I pull up to the dispensary, I can smell it in the parking lot?" Right. Yeah. Is you know where's the it's problem? <laughs> They're like, "What? It's it's sold in packaging that's not odor proof." And I actually spoke to a guy that was, I mean, he showed me before we started talking all the plaques on his wall and he's like i've made my name in law enforcement using canines right and i was like okay have you ever come across an odor proof container and if so like can you point me in the direction yeah, right where do i buy those <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. exactly well um one of the things that i've seen cops uh write in police reports somewhat regularly and i've even seen you can look online um with the right Google searches, you can see, uh, like, for instance, the McHenry County State's Attorney's Office has kind of put out for the public a PDF on their interpretation of all these laws. The Illinois State Police, plenty of state's attorney's offices, and I know plenty of police agencies have kind of uh, interpreted the rule to say it must be in the original packaging from the dispensary. Right. Which is just made up. Yeah, I don't. It it's just totally made up. It's not in the law. It's not in the law. Um, I think they're putting a lot of emphasis on the word sealed. Yep. And the seal, I guess, is this um, strip of adhesive sticker or whatever that you have to break to open up the cannabis. And mm-hmm. if it's if that seals if that's broken, that means that it's unsealed. Now, in July of this past summer, twenty twenty one, they amended it. Right. Um, to which, add resealable, right? Sealed or resealable. Right. And they actually added something that I'm honestly think is, I honestly give them credit, I think it's a good thing. They've added now it must be inaccessible. At least that's clear. At least there's some clarity now. Basically, you can't have it in your car. Right. You can't have it in the accessible area of your car. You know, they treat it, of course, they treat it like it's a uh, an Uzi. Right. You know, God forbid you can grab it with your hand. So if you're someone who drives some sports coupe that does not have a trunk like if you drive your lamborghini to the dispensary or a pickup truck yeah 
Well, you know, I, I, my interpret. I drive a pickup truck. I guess I have to put it in the bed of my pickup truck. I was gonna say, right, or yeah. duct tape it onto the roof. I, I don't know. <laughs> But if you drive your vehicle, yeah, if you have a pickup truck, you don't want to put it out in the exposed bed of the truck. Or right. if you have a, you know, some car that does not have a separate trunk that's sealed off from the passenger compartment and you go to the dispensary, you're riding dirty no matter how you get that cannabis home. Yeah. There's Because it's accessible. If you right. can reach, if you can, you know, uh, put the car on cruise control and climb into the back seat and grab it, it's accessible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a lot of well, you know, a lot of these uh, lawmakers kind of think that, uh, well, you know, the no, no state trooper's gonna write that ticket. Sure. No, no prosecutor's gonna write that charge. That's cute that they think that. Yeah, but it's not true. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to return to the point we started off with too. You you, you know, like you talk about riding dirty with with that example. Uh, if I if we didn't make the point clear enough for folks, the odor proof provision is impossible to comply with, and effectively it means that the the moment you walk out of that dispensary, you're not complying with the law. Hell, the moment you put right. it in your hands, almost. Right. Um, it's just it's great. Well, I, I guess for personal possession, there's not. Uh, it's not. I, I don't. I've talked to law enforcement. They like in, in different contexts. Like if somebody got a call and a, a person in public smelled like weed, there's not anything you can do about it. But you get pulled over and they say they smell weed, and that, I'm doing that in air quotes, folks. Right. And like you say, what does it mean? Does it mean the officer can smell it and? I feel like that's subjective. That's why I put the air quotes. But then it's like, can a canine smell it? And then it, you get to the point where it's like, if there was an odor-proof container, I always say the the cartel would be pioneering that product. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, for all we know, they've figured it out, but they just keep that technology secret. <laughs> yeah, industry um, secret. Yeah, I and this begs the question, or I guess I should say it, it raises the concern that gosh darn, maybe a cop someday will say, I smelled cannabis. Mm -hmm. And how are you going to ever know whether that was accurate? Yeah. Now, you might get lucky and you have cannabis, and then you look back and you say, well, that's what he was smelling. Right. But uh, it's easy to say you smell cannabis. Mm -hmm. You might smell cannabis coming from someone's sweater. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then, you know, say you take this to its logical conclusion. It's a class A misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. If you have a uh if if you go to the dispensary and you get your uh, prepackaged sealed uh weed in a you know like in a prescription bottle type thing or whatever they put it in yeah and uh some cop pulls you over and issues you this a ticket for a class A misdemeanor that's the same level of offense as a DUI and that's that's an offense that you can be found guilty of for having Taking the bag that they give you at the dispensary, usually it's, there's a staple on the top of the bag, yeah. and just driving it home in your center console, that is the same level of offense in Illinois as a domestic battery or a DUI or retail theft. It's um, and, and on top of that, uh, you'll get your license suspended, too. Yeah, and the point you've made is that that is actually a pretty... I think this is the point you've made. That's a recent development as of, like... Post legalization, because when we had decriminalization, there wasn't this. They did. We didn't define transport of cannabis. It was just that if you were found right. with the decriminalized amount, you were dealt with in that fashion. Now there's like a hundred dollar ticket. Right now we've, like you say, class A misdemeanor. Right, and you're in jail. 
post-legalization. Yeah, that's why I say it's not legal. <laughs> yes. Stop, stop saying it's been legalized. There are <laughs> yeah. more criminal laws for cannabis now. Not a single one was repealed. Right. Um, and if anyone thought, if anyone was under this delusion that the prosecutors of this state, that the assistant state's attorneys, that the elected state's attorneys, that the Illinois State Police, if anyone thought that all these people would say, well, it's legal, we're just going to chill, we're going to like not be... Um, we're, we're not going to be really harsh on people who commit these violations. That was That's just the miscalculation of the century because, if anything, it's, all right, you're going to legalize it? Well, thanks for giving us a bunch of new criminal laws to enforce, and we're going to keep our foot squarely on the gas as, far, as hard as we can go to uh, make sure that, it, you know, they might have said it was legal, but we're not going to let you enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Now... Um, so we talked about penalties are harsher during quote legalization than when cannabis was only decriminalized. It's almost like a, like the the test. This is going to be a controversial topic, and not in the way you probably think. The Tesla uh, car came out with uh, it was uh, autopilot first, and everybody was like, "Oh, well, that means it just drives itself." No, no, no. That just means it keeps it in the lanes, right? And maybe doesn't right. run into other cars. Then they came out with full self driving. Well, that means it drives itself, right? Nope, we've still not received, we've not reached that level of. Uh, I'm just trying to make a point that first cannabis was quote decriminalized, but it really it was just in limited amounts, not actually decriminalized. There's still a lot of criminal uh, penalties, and now we've legalized and increased those uh, criminal penalties. Um, you know, one of the points, uh, or a few of the points that you made um, that I wanted to cover. So you gave an example of the illustration. You, you uh, I liked this bit that you said. Rather than repealing or softening existing criminal penalties for minor cannabis use and possession, the, the new law stretches a tightrope over those existing penalties and invites adults over 21 to enjoy their pot out on the tightrope. One slip and the user drop, drops smack into the old, harsh, pre-legalization cannabis criminal laws. Um, so an example... The new law permits adults to legally possess up to 30 grams of cannabis. Prior to the new law taking effect, possession of 10 grams or less of cannabis was, a punish was punishable by a small civil fine between $100 and $200. The penalty for 10 to 30 grams was a Class B misdemeanor, 30 to 100, a Class A, 100 to 500, a Class 4 felony, and so on. Under the old system, possession of a few grams more than the legal limit of uh, zero grams incurred a small civil fine. Under the new law, however, possession of a few grams over the limit, say 32 grams, is not punishable by a civil fine, but like you say, a class A misdemeanor. Um, and, and just, I guess, to segue, um, the old penalties apply in full force uh, in some other situations. Do you remember them off the top of your head? Because <laughs> well, I got I, them on your article here. Yeah, if there's, if you look at the um, the uh, long-winded title of the Cannabis uh, Regulation and Tax Act of 2019. Yep. Um, there are dozens of things you cannot do, uh, places you cannot use cannabis, mm -hmm. um, people you cannot use cannabis around. Right. Uh, these are all new. These are all new rules. Right. So, uh, and any one of those things could be a very easy slip up to make so like one instance is uh, it's legal 
if you are using cannabis not in a public place or not a place that's visible to the public. So if you're on your, if you live in a condo and you're on your back deck and your neighbor can look over and see you smoking your joint, right? you're a criminal. It's not like the cops come and give you some, you know, $75 ticket. You are a criminal, just like if you were smoking a joint in 2018 on your back deck. It's the same thing. The, the, the legislature gave no buffer to falling off of the what you can do legally. Right. So it would have been natural for the legislature to have said, um, we're going to make uh, these certain... Uh, you know, we're going to make it legal to smoke cannabis if you do A, B, C, D, E, and F. But if you mess up, if you if you do it in publicly, or if someone can see you doing it, or if there's a a 19 year old in the same house as you, it's illegal. Right. But we're going to give you a slap on the wrist. It's going to be a civil fine. It's going to be some something that kind of reflects uh, cannabis isn't the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. You know. Nancy Reagan thought it was. Instead, there's no buffer. Right. You just fall if that if if you slip off that tightrope, like I said, you just go right back into the the harsh criminal penalties that have always been around since like the '80s. Right. You know, this is not like a. It's not like these have been dumbed down. These penalties are real. These are real criminal offenses. There right. are prosecutors out there in Illinois who will want to put people in jail for this. Yeah. Uh, or give them a criminal conviction. Or, um, you know, make them be on probation and have to pee in a cup for two years and check in with a probation officer. And one thing that's also been done, which people don't think about enough, there's a law in Illinois now that came in with quote-unquote legalization that basically says the Secretary of State can cancel your license for a year if you violate the Illinois Cannabis Control Act. Wow. In any way. Wow. There's not not like a threshold. Right. If you violate the Illinois Cannabis Control Act, you can get your license suspended. And I think one of the reasons why this has all been done is because, you know, every time uh, any legislative body wants to get with the times, mm-hmm. there is the, you know, the chorus of the pearl clutching old ladies who are, oh, no, don't, you can't do it. It's going to be awful. What about this? What about that? And the loudest chorus in Illinois, you know, maybe rightfully so, was people who said, People are going to be driving around. It's going to be like bumper cars at the carnival after legalization because everyone's going to be high and they're going to be crashing into strollers and and it's going to be terrible. And so the legislature to get uh, cannabis, quote unquote, legalization passed. And this is I wasn't there. This is my guess. Just dialed up as hard as they could. um, Any penalties having to do anything with any vehicles right that's why you know there's the we what we let off with about um having the you know the container in your car has to be odor proof yeah and if if it's uh if a driver has um violated the illinois cannabis control act in any way it's a license suspension yeah i should correct something i said earlier i said if you violate the cannabis control act in any way i take that back if you violate the cannabis control act in any way while operating while being a driver of a car of a vehicle. that's a big that's a big distinction i i take that back it's so if you're in your backyard you don't necessarily lose your license mm-hmm. um if you are in your car and you have 31 grams of cannabis right. and even if it's in the odor proof container this you know magical mm-hmm. hypothetical device that doesn't exist you lose your license for a year 
That was not true in 2019. Right. If you had 30 grams of cannabis in your car or any or 100 grams of cannabis in your car, you didn't lose your license. Hmm. So that's just nuts. That, that's great. Yeah, that's just absolutely nuts. And there's no exemption to be able to get a permit during that year. So if you get a DUI and you lose your license, you can get a permit. You can drive. Yeah. If you get if you refuse to provide a breath test after getting pulled over for a DUI, you can get a permit. You can drive during that year. Not so with cannabis. You're done for a year. That's so if just... you have kids, you got to take daycare. If you got to commute to work, sorry, you're a pothead. <laughs> that is just fucking uh, unbelievable. Um, I, you know, and another point that I failed to make when we were talking about um, the uh, when you mentioned the interpretation of the law that would you say McHenry County made? Right. Yeah. I've heard a lot of, I've wondered for a while, uh, I've heard a lot of law enforcement use that interpretation, like in conversations that I've had that unfortunately I haven't been able to release. There was this one folks that are listening that we recorded with a law enforcement agent. He was totally cool to do it. And their department ultimately said that we couldn't release the podcast. Right. So, um, but, but he used the, uh, reasoning or, or, uh, he said, from his understanding, it's got to be in the original dispensary packaging. And he had a paper that he had gotten from somewhere. I don't wasn't from the law, though, and that's the point that I made. Uh, I just posed to him the question. I was like, hey, well, so you know that cannabis cultivation has been legalized for med- medical cannabis patients. Are you seriously telling me that a medical cannabis patient cannot transport their homegrown medication because it doesn't have an original dispensary packaging? That's a good point. Right. What's, what was his answer? He said, "Well, <laughs> kind of stumped me there. Hmm. Gonna have to get. Gonna have to talk to." He said, "We get in a room full of states' attorneys and other chief of police, and we kind of roundtable our understanding of the law." I'm just like, "Yeah, I won't even get into that unless you have some thoughts on it." Well, the good news is, if if this is like other law enforcement agencies, um, all you have to do to figure out the answer to that is get arrested, get booked. Get your fingerprints taken. Get your mugshot taken. Post bond. Get out. Be ordered not to leave the state. Be ordered to come back to court while the charges are pending. Invoke your right to a trial. And then have a jury decide whether or not you broke the law. So it's as simple as that. That's all you have to do. And and if the jury goes against you, um, then you just will deal with being a a convicted criminal and possibly going to jail. (laughs) Right. So So, in other words, you have to set precedence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's how you get clarity. And it's fine. Yeah. Um. You're being but, sarcastic, right? Well, someone told me once that Illinois legalized cannabis. So yeah. I, I interpret that to mean that you uh, you can just let the state's attorney charge you yeah. under their interpretation and right. then let the jury figure it out. That's sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah. that is what you kind of have to do because, the, you know, this police officer, they're the ones whose interpretation matters right. when you're on the side of the road. Right. They're the ones with the handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, the state's attorney is the one who can have the judge um, ask ask the, high, the judge for a high bond. Right. And the judge is the one who can say, well, you're charged with this criminal offense. I can't dismiss the charges against you even if I think they're bogus. It's just, only state's attorneys can do that. So uh, you're just going to have to let this sort itself out in the criminal system, yeah. which obviously sucks. Yeah, and it affects the uh, poorest among us because, as you've probably, right. maybe you've seen, uh, well, like you said, I mean, the it hasn't slowed down yeah no like it hasn't your need to defend people for cannabis possession uh cases it's a regular thing 
So is it, can I ask, uh, before we move to other topics, like, do you get, do you get a lot of specifically cannabis possession? Yeah. Defenses? Like I, I had a, let me yeah. go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I had a, a client recently who here in Champaign County who came to me and said, uh, I got a charge for cannabis possession of 27 grams. And I said, um, okay, well, how old are you? He's like, I'm in my 30s. Okay, so I was just stumped. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Finally, we get the I get the police reports, and I see that he's charged with this. It's a Class A misdemeanor. He's charged, or Class B misdemeanor. Oh, you can only go to prison for, or only go to jail for six months. So, so it's a it's a lighter charge. Yeah. Um, I find out it's because he's a resident of the state of Indiana, mm. and in Illinois up to 30 grams for Illinois residents and only up to, I think, 10 for out-of-state residents. 15, yep. 15, yep. Thank you. Um, shows what I know. So, um, again, I kind of... This is something I, I I can't really say to the prosecutors I work with, but my common refrain is, what the fuck are we doing? Right. What are we doing? Right. What interests are we advancing here? Why are we doing this? And this guy, I should mention, was arrested taken to jail and had to bond out of jail and his truck was towed and uh it sucks it's you know you'd think that uh a state trooper you know in this situation would say you know even even if the even if the state trooper wants to give him a ticket and charge him just say all right buddy it's 27 grams if you lived in danville you could have 30 but you live in covington so you can only have 15 all right i'm going to give you a ticket it's going to tell you to appear in court on this date the state trooper says no that's an option but i'm going to put this guy in jail and take him to jail yeah um and you'd think i I don't know i mean the pandemic's easing but it's still just like what are we doing why are we doing this yeah especially now there's just a hundred reasons not to do it and I can't think of any good reasons to do it. Yeah. I think Illinois, I mean, I guess Illinois is really concerned that people are going to come over from Indiana, buy weed in Illinois, and take it back to Indiana. Because if that happens, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, that's, <laughs> I guess that's a terrible, terrible outcome. And people in Springfield making the laws need to really, really be worried about that. Right. I love with that and with the driving thing, they act as if this hasn't been happening for years. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. people haven't like, and I'm not saying, look, let's be clear. You shouldn't drive under the influence of, of any drugs, right? Uh, if it's going to impair your ability to operate the vehicle, don't, you know, don't do that. Um, but like, let's just be real. Um, this is this is crazy and, and to act like it's all of a sudden going to become a problem oh it's legalized everybody's going to be stoned and driving yeah. around it's like you know it's the whole process is very divorced from reality mm-hmm. it, i mean there's a lot of people again these the, you know the pearl clutching old ladies who are just you know, terrified about what's going to happen probably have never been high in their life yeah right i mean they assume that it's that it makes you like see pink lizards crawling out of the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And um, we have these people making the decisions who not a single person who voted for cannabis legalization, the people who voted for cannabis legalization, as far as I'm aware, not a single one of those state representatives or state senators 
could ever go on the record and say, yeah, I've illegally smoked cannabis before. Right. Yeah. Right. I am. I can still be a senator. I can still be a representative. No, mm-hmm. they can't even admit that they know what it feels like. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they still live in that. Yeah. We're living in this world where everyone just has to pretend like... Uh, um, we just got to take the experts' word for it, you know. And the experts are usually, you know, what experts are listened to when it comes to how do we make wise legalization? How do we make a reasonable, intelligent decision about this component of legalization or that component? Who's listened to? It's the head of the Illinois State Police or Bingo. the um, Fraternal Order of Police Union head. You know, it's it's not people who <laughs> it's not people who smoke weed, right? They're the losers. They're the kids in from the Dare commercials that try to corrupt little Johnny. So <laughs> there you know, go. we're we're just so far behind the times, and it's a shame that we had something. We really had an opportunity to be progressive in this state and to be just reasonable and just realistic about the way the world works. And unfortunately, for all the reasons we've kind of gone over, we just. <laughs> kind of fell on our faces yeah. trying to trying to make push legalization through um and appease all of the people who were convinced that it would result in the end of the world and so we added all these new criminal laws and didn't take away any of the old ones so that's yeah. why we're that's where we are now and our cannabis numbers at this law firm are just as high as they've ever been that's crazy. That's crazy. Are you just as high of, as high as you've ever been? No, I'm joking. Not right now. No. <laughs> Not right now. Yeah, no, that's in the middle of the day. So, uh, hey, I, you know, before we, because I do have some topics on uh, the intersection of the Illinois State Police and what they lobbied for and maybe some information they had access to in the past. But before we do that, I, you brought up curl clutching. Curl, pearl clutching. I was having trouble with that one. Pearl clutching uh, people, the people that are scared, and always think of like the worst case scenario. Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, we had a real good opportunity to be the most uh, progressive. Why do you think that? And this is kind of bigger than Illinois. Why do you think that a possession limit is even a thing? I've wondered that many times. I, I, it's because the people who are making the decisions are having to. Um, satisfy the pearl clutchers that they're having to um, satisfy these people who live in this world and maybe they live in the world this world where um, quantity is the biggest concern yeah Um, as if you couldn't get yourself just totally uh, toasted on 30 grams of right of dank butt right you know that that shows how dumb it is. Mm-hmm. You can have a handful of the stickiest, most potent weed you've ever seen in your life right. and put it and just smoke it to the face as quickly as you can mm-hmm. the moment you get home. Um, but if you have 31 grams, it, you're a criminal. Right. You're not only so dangerous that we need to like make it against the rules... But we need to like we need to impose the full force of the government's authority to stop you. We need right. to be able to put you in jail because of how much of a menace you are, how dangerous this is. Um, it's just unreasonable. I think this is going to sound crazy to people. If we had a legalization system that said quantity doesn't matter at all, yeah, it's irrelevant. You can have a dump truck full of weed. We don't care. Right. There would not be a single additional problem 
that doesn't already exist now under this legalization system. I agree, because that, I think, would be closer to what I consider to be an actual definition of legalization, because when I hear, and we talk to a lot of people, um, even some cannabis companies, they've, they've talked about limits in a different way, cultivation limits, uh, the limits on plants. Um, but it's always pitched as, you know, limit, we're going to limit you to save yourself, you know, save the kids and say, save other people. And it's like, when you say limit, what I hear is criminal penalties. Right. In other words, we haven't legalized it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a really arbitrary thing. To, it's a, it's an arbitrary, um, line to draw. Um, quantity, you know, if this was like a quantity of, uh, bullets that yeah. you could possess maybe maybe there's something there um yeah. a quantity of uh ga- that- gasoline you could drive along around with True. in your car yeah um though th- that makes sense mm-hmm. because the potential harm you can do uh is proportionate to yeah, I've got a good example for you Go so for you remember it. when there was the covid uh, gas shortage thing i don't right, need to say right. it was necessarily related to covid but i guess it kind of was people were fucking putting gas in all sorts of different containers yeah we need a gas container law because people are fucking putting gas in tupperware containers and driving off with it that's a big issue right but with cannabis what's the worst that's gonna happen yeah you could you could really hurt a lot of people yeah um if you have a trash can of cannabis versus a gallon container of cannabis or no take that back gasoline yeah if you have a if you have a huge amount of gasoline it can be a lot it really do a lot more damage than yeah. uh, a gallon uh, anyone who thinks that that's how cannabis works doesn't right. know how cannabis works right because like i said the wor- <laughs> the more cannabis you do the more inert and docile you become there's no one who gets really really high on cannabis and then all of a sudden jumps up on a roof of a Wendy's and starts taking their clothes off and like threatening yeah. to shoot people. Yeah. Um, it's, that's not how it works. Right. Um, even, even other drugs might fit in that quantity thing. You know, if you have, if you have a, uh, a two liter of LSD. Yeah. Assuming you think LSD is a bad thing. I, I, I don't, but assuming you're someone who thinks LSD is a terrible thing that should be criminalized. If you have a if you have a gallon of LSD, you can do a lot more than you could do with like an eyedropper of LSD. Yeah. You could affect a lot more people's um, yeah. lives. Yeah, you could uh, pull, well, for you the know, positive the, or negative, but to quote uh, Woody, you could poison the water hole. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you could do a lot with that. Yeah. Um, but weed, you can't ingest it faster. You're limited by how fast you can ingest. Right. It, you know. So if you have 35 grams of weed instead of your allowable 30 you're still limited by how quickly you can get it into your body so mm-hmm. we have these arbitrary rules and quantity is always the the end-all be-all and and what another thing that uh about legalization and quotes is it's still you know if you have five thousand grams of cannabis like if you have a trash bag of cannabis yeah um you're still going to prison in most counties in illinois right uh even though even though dispensaries are allowed to have that much cannabis thank you so it's not thank like you. this is just an inherently dangerous thing that no one should be able to have a trash bag of cannabis it's just that you have a trash bag of cannabis and you're not giving us our sugar 
Thank you. you know. We've been trying to make that point on the podcast for a while that we have possession limits, but the store doesn't. Their delivery drivers don't. Like it's it's just a, it's become a business offense, a business offense that can put you in prison. Mm-hmm. So it, it really, the crime you're committing, if you are not licensed to dispense and cultivate cannabis, but you are doing it anyway, the crime is really just like a. It's more akin to like tax evasion. Yeah, but we treat it like. Uh, like a quasi-violent crime. Like mm-hmm. you're going to go out and you're going to do harm. We mm-hmm. got to protect the children. Right. Um, again, it's just we are trying to cobble together this quote-unquote legalization s- scheme, but we're still the the powers that be that have made legalization quote-unquote what it is are still uh, proceeding under the same assumptions we had 30 years ago about cannabis that it's dangerous. Yep. Um it's bad for you. It's a vice. It's really bad, but we're just gonna we're just gonna give you a little little taste, um, just as long as you obey the rules. And, and so, our we're like trying to push through legalization without updating our mindset, mm-hmm. and that's what's led to what we've called like not legalization. Yeah, um, you can't have true legalization if you still treat cannabis like as dangerous as like you know weapons or yeah it's treated very it's treated like it's a very dangerous thing yeah like, well, people are scared of it to, and to your point you know and can maybe to i don't mean to segue totally if, if you've got more on the matter but you just brought up it's treated like weapons treated very dangerously um up until recently i think it was uh, maybe not until six months past adult use legalization the illinois state police had access uh, to see who had medical cannabis cards if they ran your license plate and it would actually, I had I had a law enforcement officer do it to me. I was like, hey, you mind running my plate? And they were like, well, first we need to verify that's your vehicle. So I, ver- I gave them my registration and verified that it was my vehicle. And they're like, sure, I'd run your plate. I'll run your plate, you know. And I wanted to see what would come up. And next to my concealed carry, because that's relevant, is that I uh, have a medical cannabis card. Because they're one and the same, right? I got a gun. I got Right. Cannabis, yeah. gotta watch out. Better yeah. watch out. Did it, tell, did it tell them whether you possess any dirty magazines or any, uh, you know, literature harmful to the to the state or anything <laughs> yeah. like that, or any communist materials or any other thought crime things that they tried to identify? No, nope. no. Yeah, just uh, it was like whether or not my license was valid, uh, registration, maybe proof of insurance, but then right next to the C- the section where your CCL or concealed carry license shows up, medical cannabis. Why do they need to know that? We're dangerous people. Yeah, well, I mean, is it like, did it say whether you got a Vicodin prescription for your exactly. tonsils getting out? Exactly. It, that, yeah, it, this is, we're still trying to deal with cannabis through criminal law. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Right. That's why that's why legis- uh, legalization is never going to solve the problems that we're trying to solve. Yeah. Because we're still using, you know, the tools, um, the, the tools that only work if you just all accept that cannabis is a bad boogeyman that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. But we can't use those tools. Right. Um, and, and people just freak out at the idea of real legalization where it's like you can't really commit cannabis crimes anymore mm-hmm. i think people say no we got to have some crimes for cannabis we need the crimes without the crimes it's not you know the same yeah. we have this nostalgia for 
we need to treat cannabis with criminal laws. Yeah. There has to be crimes. It's unlike anything, you know, um, unlike so many other things that are uh, at the same level of importance for the state, um, cannabis shouldn't be like high on the radar for a criminal law. Yeah. In my opinion. Especially if we're going to say that we've had uh, one of the most progressive, and this is a slightly separate topic that I don't necessarily plan to get into, but equity-centric law. But the thing is, you want to say that it's a progressive law? Like, why don't you do something progressive? Why don't you change something? Why don't we part with ways with uh, antiquated idea like possession limits or you know, cultivation limits. It's like that. This isn't progressive. This is all one and the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the progressive thing is also like, <laughs> I don't know. I might be. This might be contra- controversial take, but it's progressive because what? Because we're um, giving priority to um, certain demographics that were once hurt by our cannabis laws. So we're going right. to try to give priority to like cultivation licenses for those groups, right? All right, you know. So basically, crawl to us, kiss the ring. Yeah. Um, sorry for totally decimating, um, you know, your society over the course of the drug war. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna give you some of our limited cultivation permits that we have the authority Bingo, to dispense. Though, limited, because yeah. I argue that this isn't progressive. It, I think what would have been progressive is to take an approach like Oklahoma or Oregon. Um, or Washington. I start with Oklahoma because if I was a resident in Oklahoma right now, Tom, we could sit down, we could get my MasterCard out, buy that license, and within an hour I'd have a cannabis license, right? I think that, giving everybody an I didn't even know that. Oklahoma? Oklahoma, baby. That's well, America for good you. Good job, Illinois. I hope you're proud of yourself. Oklahoma has yeah. got you beat in an aspect of progressiveness. Yeah. And, and I'm just saying, all I'm saying is, so there was a interview with the uh, Washington Liquor com- Liquor and Cannabis Control Commissioner, I think was his um, title. We've talked about it a few times on the show. Vice did an interview, uh, what happens when a state grows too much weed? And it was talking about how they took this really open market approach and prices hit the bottom of the barrel. I mean, we're talking 50 bucks an ounce. And what, what we found out, though, or what at least I found out, is that the only people really complaining are the people trying to make money. The consumers are happy, um, and uh, the person that I was mentioning, the liquor and cannabis commissioner, or whatever his title is, he was asked, "It was like, what? What is your opinion on how things went down? You know, a lot of people were hurt. What do you think?" And he's like, "Well, I, I see what you're saying that a lot of people were hurt, but guess what? Everybody had a chance. Versus other approaches where only certain people have a chance." Everybody had a chance, and God damn it, he didn't say that. They knew what they're getting into, right? God forbid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. So but, uh, you know, the, then then Daddy doesn't have as much power. You know, go. you need you need to have a firm grip mm-hmm. on on the sack of your society that you're controlling, or else you're not going to be able to uh, be as needed or. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you well, just see it. Train of thought, <laughs> it's okay. You, you see it in the, if it's not apparent enough, folks, you'll see it in the business models for the people that are operating in this state. GTI, for example, they look for limited markets with high population and high tourism. Chicago checks all those boxes. They 
benefit from controlling this market. We call it a state-sponsored oligopoly. Um, so. That's good. That's accurate. Yeah, yeah. It's big words. It makes me sound smart. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, back to the Illinois State Police and, uh, you know, speaking of, like, data, maybe they should or shouldn't have access to and w what, you know, firearms. Medical cannabis patients um, are prevented from purchasing a, purchasing a firearm from an FFL uh, because, from what I can tell, the Illinois State Police shares data with federal, federal agencies like the ATF in order to halt the sale. Adult use patients, on the other hand, are technically able to lie about it. There's a there's a question. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you a drug user? Right, and one of them it makes reference to cannabis, and it says something oh. the effect of even if it's illegal, or sorry, even if it's legal in the state. Yeah. Right. Right. And so you know whether or not you answer as a medical patient, whether or not you answer yes or no. Let's just say you say no. Apparently, from what we've heard from some members in our community, and it's more than a few, uh, they are denied the sale. They're not given a reason, but what else, right? And we've heard that that, that is the case. Um, and uh, the reason I think you don't see it for adult use patients is because, again, the system technically gives them the ability to lie about it versus the registered a registered medical cannabis patient they're in a database that the Illinois State Police for some reason have access to um, I wanted to make it clear though the reason that it doesn't happen for adult use patients is because the CRTA has made it clear that adult use customer information cannot be logged which is why you folks may have seen your loyalty program go away at your nearby adult use dispensary there were a few dispensaries that were collecting Oh. adult use information under the guise of a rewards program and that is against the law by uh, i guess by the crta so well, sunny side for example in? um may perhaps but maybe that's not the same as logging information yeah so with with the re rewards program they'd save it and you know you'd come back incentive to come back but they've got your information right i kind of like that i, I mean oh i love the it. idea of like a rewards program for cannabis for sure. I, that's kind of cool no, it is fucking awesome. Don't don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm. I'm not definitely not complaining about that. I just had heard the local Sunnyside had disbanded their right. uh, uh, loyalty program. But then when I uh, stopped in because one of the companies had dropped off a, a product for me to try, uh, like they mentioned that I had points, and I was like, well, I thought you had done away with that, and they kind of gave me the brass tacks, like we did away with it for adult use because it is it was against the law for us to collect that information. So pretty interesting that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah I, but I, how you'd think that the pearl clutchers would have gotten to that yeah a loyalty program buy as much cannabis as you can and you will mm -hmm. get rewarded for the quantity of cannabis that you purchase from us yeah you know you'd think there'd be a rule that says like you can only go once a week yeah well and gonna, i mean if quantity is the end-all be-all of what's safe and what's dangerous <laughs> what's crazy is that there technically is uh, medical cannabis patients are are limited to purchasing whatever their possession a quantity god damn it their allotment um, they're limited to that every two and a half weeks now you can get an increase from your physician for example I can get up to like 10 ounces a month which more you know it's a lot that would meet like half your needs right half at least um, so uh, but uh, for an adult use patient, they're limited to their possession limit per visit 
because they're not allowed to collect your information, remember? <laughs> I'll come back to the refrain. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. What are the... What? Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, I would say it's better than nothing, but um, it's not necessarily easier to get marijuana now than it was Yeah. before legalization. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't know, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no. No experience. Um, so uh, one last thought on the Illinois State Police, um, and, and I realize this may be a little bit outside of your uh, realm as a professional. I don't take you as an immigration attorney. No. no. Um, I think it's a problem that Illinois residents who are not citizens can be adversely affected by purchasing, possessing, or consuming cannabis. This is actually from the Department of Home Human Services from Illinois. While Illinois law permits adults who are at least 21 years of age older to possess, purchase, possess, and consume cannabis products. Cannabis is still illegal under federal law. Immigrant residents, and listen to this very clearly, folks, that fit that criteria. Immigrant residents should consult with a trusted immigration lawyer to understand their, their rights. My question... Wait, so it's illegal for like a Canadian citizen studying at the University of Illinois to buy adult-use cannabis? They will not be prevented. If they have all of the necessary identification, they can do that. But if somebody sees you or hears about, I don't know. You just want to, the reason, I don't know what case your cannabis use might be brought up, but the point is, is if your cannabis use, uh, possession, so your purchasing, possession, or consumption of cannabis, if that's brought up you can be adversely affected by that yeah i would agree with the advice of find someone who knows about this kind of stuff yeah. who's an immigration lawyer and talk to them because right. you know you're that's a good point there might be i've never applied to be a citizen um but i wouldn't be surprised if there's some question there that says like have you are you a drug user or yeah or do, have Something. you broken any federal laws and everyone you know has and does yeah. probably every day but that's that's for it's probably for someone else's podcast <laughs> yeah so i guess my the reason i bring that up and those other two topics is that do you like i feel like a state sanctioned right should afford you some privacy and like just to bring it back to firearms what happened look universal background checks wherever you stand on the issue that could completely eliminate the ability for a medical cannabis patient to purchase a firearm because as of now the only way you can purchase a firearm as a medical cannabis patient is via private sale right and so if universal background checks come around well you're going to fail the universal background check because it's a federal federally mandated or it's the ffl right background check you know right and uh, theoretically everyone who's honest who uh, smokes yeah. we would fail right yeah. Right. But it's the key that I guess I'm trying to make um, is that other people are afforded the ability to maybe not concede the truth. But right. when the agencies are sharing information like this, you're afforded little to no privacy. Right. Because, but this all comes back to the fact that we still treat cannabis as like this dangerous thing yes. where if you have a medical condition, we're going to let you have some cannabis. Mm hmm. But we gotta get we gotta put you in our database. Yeah. Because if we don't, you might 
you might possess more cannabis than we're going to let you have. Yeah. And if that happens, then all bets are off. So we're going to have to get your name down. Don't worry, unless you want to exercise your Second Amendment rights. But don't worry. Other than that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's because the, the problem, the core of the problem, comes back to the fact that we feel the need that um, some members of society should get more cannabis privileges um, than others because they have medical conditions. All of these problems would be eliminated if we just said, like, you know, just don't be an idiot. Yeah. And the thing about cannabis is this is like a lot of a lot of things. Um, you can still get in trouble for committing crimes if cannabis made you do it. Yeah. So, like, one thing that I'm I'm a big proponent of is let's let's get with the times. Let's make public possession or public consumption of alcohol let's just decriminalize that you can walk down the street with a beer you can go to the park and have a bottle of wine at a picnic Mm -hmm. if you do something stupid because you're drunk or if you litter you can get in trouble for that or if you fight someone you can get in trouble for that right if you do anything wrong you can get in trouble for that but let's take away the fact that you're in trouble just because you're doing just because you're drinking wine yeah just because it's a beer instead of a soda same type of thing with cannabis if the people who are really afraid of what cannabis does to people, what it does to your brain, what it does to your behavior, if they're really afraid that people are going to start doing crazy stuff, um, you know, have keep the DUI for cannabis. Keep it, keep that a DUI if you're high and you're driving. Um, but how about we just criminalize doing bad things? Yeah. Instead of saying we're going to criminalize having this amount of cannabis, we're going to criminalize cannabis without a medical card because it might make you do something else. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just cut out that like proxy? Right. Um, and so that's the long, long-winded way to get back to the point of um, the federal government still thinks cannabis is a Schedule One worse than meth or cocaine. Yeah. Whatever. That's their problem. Um, the reason why it's a problem for medical cannabis users in Illinois is because Illinois thinks they got to put you in a database yep. to be able to use medical cannabis, right. which is, hey, secret. It's the same cannabis that everyone else is using. It's yeah. not like medical cannabis. Yeah. It's not It's not like it has a different formula. Right. It's not so, like the doctors worked on the medical strains. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like one of these things that cannabis is like specially manufactured to cure glaucoma and when the other one just gets you high but yeah so we shoot ourselves in the foot you know these problems all come everything comes back to the fact that we say we have a legal system but it all proceeds on the assumption that cannabis is bad yep and it's a bad thing and it's dangerous if it weren't for that notion that is pervasive throughout to be fair most legislatures in most of the 50 states Mm -hmm. the guys they, they have to proceed they have to put on the public face of cannabis is bad and it's dangerous right that's that's at the root of all of this. Definitely. We need to grow up and say, it's not dangerous. Now, maybe if you don't want your 14-year-old getting high, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's not, like, dangerous. Yeah. You know, iPads can be dangerous if you just look at, like, yeah. what does it do to your brain? Like, you know. Yeah. You can abuse anything. Like a, you can abuse anything. Like Joe Rogan says, you can you can abuse cheeseburgers. You can abuse a fork. I could take a fork out of your kitchenette in there, put yeah. it right in my leg. That'd yeah. be abusing anything. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah um, maybe just maybe uh, stop treating cannabis like uh, it's a dangerous thing. Yeah, that's a really. You've said that a few times, and it just clicked for me. Um, uh, 
we as a culture feel the need to justify our cannabis use just like we did at the beginning of prohibition or sorry the end of prohibition with alcohol you remember you started to see people getting a doctor's note to have uh, medical alcohol we have this whole justification and uh it's interesting the justification in this case seems to be that like like yeah maybe we should stop messing with people for limited possession of cannabis right you know, uh, let them just get engaged in a little bit of this dangerous yeah, activity <laughs> instead of maybe rethinking the whole starting point. Because you know what? Honestly, have a backbone, legislature. Yeah. Have a backbone. Yeah. If it's fucking dangerous, make it illegal. Right. Don't make it legal, but then still act like it's dangerous. Yeah. One or the other. Pick a side. And I just, this whole it's dangerous our, uh, debate um, drives me insane because. First of all, nobody's saying that it's completely uh, like like just like it's a healthy it's healthy to smoke cannabis. No, it's probably not healthy to smoke anything, right? But if you want to talk about dangerous and unhealthy, like we've got alcohol, cigarettes. Uh, look at our food chain, the food supply. Um, you you brought up earlier that one of the things that a lot of people don't know about is that there's this like vicinity or proximity law with cannabis use where if you're around a minor you that could be considered a violation of the crta we're just only now seeing that with cigarettes and cars right right like and it's like you want to talk about what's dangerous it's like we've got plenty of fucking dangerous things like a lot of dangerous stuff out there yeah yeah yeah, motorcycles yeah. are pretty dangerous, right? <laughs> and you know, it goes it goes way back. You yeah. know, humans are afraid of snakes and cliff edges and spiders because that shit's dangerous. Yeah, Darwin didn't give us any aversion to cannabis, <laughs> right? So maybe we need to like you know take a take a second look at this. Yeah, um, it, it's almost cliche to point out the idiotic dichotomy between the way alcohol is treated and marijuana is treated yeah one is just so head and shoulders more dangerous than the other proven every day every state's attorney's office in the or district attorney's office in the country is you know they get a lesson every day can alcohol is alcohol is pretty dangerous yeah like people do some crazy shit when they're drunk yeah people die all the time when they're drunk they shoot people they crash cars they beat up their family members. Um, you'd think that, like, I don't know, how long have people been smoking weed in America for? Like, popularly, like, I mean, there years? Are, yeah, 90? there are quotes that the forefathers used hemp. You oh, know? Yeah. So, I mean, whether or not some of them are true, you know how it is, the internet. Yeah, you'd think but, we'd have enough experience under our belt mm-hmm. to kind of take a step back and say, like, all right, let's look at the empirical evidence here. Yeah. But it's still... I don't know. Maybe maybe someone smarter than me can explain, like, why is that? Why are we still... It's like almost a superstitious thing. It's almost yeah. like a religious thing. Yeah. It's like there's no empirical evidence for the way we treat this. Dude, it but gets... But we just can't shake it. It gets so close to religion because uh, it's like if you can't understand it, you just... You don't get it. And that's coming from... I, you know, I don't mean to get contrary. I used to be religious. I'm not so much anymore. I could never understand how somebody could be not so much anymore, right? I was just like, this is my world. This is how things work, uh, and, you know, and I was 
I was raised that way. But like with with cannabis, I was also kind of raised. I was maybe one of the last few uh, in my generation. I hope to be raised with a dare education. Right. Go and there. yeah, yeah, dare to dare to do drugs or dare not to do drugs. I guess is. Um, uh, they got it so wrong. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, I just. I, th- for me, and I might be wrong. Like I'm willing to concede that I might be not on the right track. But for me, they've got this like, so a beer has a label on it, kind of like this bottle of water, and it's I can I can open it up and not even think about it and drink it because it's got a label on it, and I bought it at the store and like whatever else. And for some reason, like the intoxication doesn't like they drugs and alcohol. Why is it drugs and alcohol? Yeah, it's just drugs. Right, yeah. I think we really have this distinction, cultural distinction in our minds that we're all playing by, like what is and isn't a drug, and we have this, we have trouble with, um, like, the idea of sobriety and lack thereof. Like you say, these pearl, pl- the pearl I say it again, pearl clutching people, um, their idea of getting high is the purple dragons and fucking mm-hmm. crazy shit. And it, like, you have no idea. That's not how it is. I wish that's how it was. That'd be pretty cool. You got a strain like that. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that as a culture, um, we've got like a, we've got a ritual set up around alcohol. What is the ritual? Uh, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere. Maybe you don't start drinking before five, uh, people talking about in their, Supreme Court nomination hearings that they like beer. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's no one's anti-alcohol. Totally the ingrained. The isn't anti-alcohol. Totally ingrained in our uh, yeah. society. Which is cool. Alcohol's awesome. Um, so is weed. Right. But, you know. I guess what I'm saying is I don't know how, for me and you, we look at it like similarly. We've probably got a cupboard with, with alcohol and cannabis in it, right? At home. Yeah. And uh, maybe in the office. I'm just joking. Uh, but uh, we've we look at it as one and the same, a product that we like to use on our off time or whatever, whatever, whenever we see fit. And, uh, it's because we're adults, right? I I just don't know how we've lost sight of that. Like people getting mad and I really don't want to get into this topic cause it's just, people are tired of it, but like people get so upset about mask mandates and their individual rights yet. They don't have the individual right to possess cannabis. Oh man. Oh, you know what I mean? Yes. It's, there are, so a little side story. There are, without naming names, there are state's attorneys in smaller counties around here that when Pritzker came down, when Governor Pritzker came down and said, you cannot gather, Mm -hmm. um, you you have to wear masks inside. It was, fuck that. Yeah. I love freedom. This is America. You can't tell me what to do. And then the same day, oh, man, someone was driving down the street with some mushrooms in their trunk or with some marijuana. It's like, you're going to fucking jail, yeah, bad exactly. guy. Or the it's freedom this, guy. this total, it's like, it's inexplicable. And it's one of these things where it's like, can you can you just do everyone a favor? Just, just go, like, sit around a campfire, smoke a joint, look at the stars. Just just don't be, don't be such a narc. Just yeah. like... Think about what you're saying. Right. Yeah. So we have, th- there's a huge, and, and, and I don't want I don't think this is a political thing to say, but um, I mean, I guess it's by definition political. I should say, I don't think it's controversial. Um, there is a, the, the Venn diagram of people who have freedom scrawled across their 
back of their pickup truck yeah. or who waved the American flag the hardest on 4th of July, a lot of those people think that marijuana should remain criminally prohibited. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's just like a failure to engage in deep thought. Yeah. I don't think these are like stupid people. Right. Necessarily. I mean, maybe some of them are, but I, yeah. I, I, I don't know where is like that disconnect. And I think it, maybe it is political. Maybe it's just like, I, I identify as a prohibitionist when it comes to drugs. Yeah. Cause drugs are, Right. Drugs are for dirty hippies, or maybe yeah. it, maybe it goes back to the '60s. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I, I, but there's a lot of that. Um, this just why is cannabis use or m- m- magic mushrooms or LSD? Why are these not things not being talked about in terms of like freedom? Yeah, it's talked about in terms of like public safety. We got to make sure the roads are safe, but it's like. Can we also acknowledge like that's true sure safety is important but can we also acknowledge that like there's a very very heavy-handed uh thought police element to this that really it's really culture control yeah um we don't have documented uh high driving cases to justify treating cannabis like a criminal offense yeah. when alcohol is legal we don't have documented cases of people overdosing. We don't have like soaring use amongst little children to justify any of this, any of these criminal prohibitions we put on. It's really like we need to control our culture. We can't. Yeah. We don't want people to smoke pot and think the thoughts. It, it's the thoughts that marijuana gives people. I assume that's so dangerous. I don't think it's. I mean, like, are we worried people are going to be lazy? I, is that it? Or? I think they pitch it that way sometimes, but I've truly been of the belief that it is the thought thing because I, it's the only time I'll ever call myself wrong. You know, I got, I, when I'm sober, sometimes you can develop an ego and then when you smoke, you can reflect and be like, Did, you idiot, you were yeah. wrong. Like you look at it from, yeah. Yeah. No, it's good for people. I, I, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people who just, can you just, just find a safe spot to go have a joint? Yeah. You might be a little uncomfortable. You might mm-hmm. start to think about what you said last week at the PTA meeting. Yeah. You might start chewing over that and get a little paranoid. But it's not—it's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's—it's it's not a bad thing. It's good. It's reflection, and, and like, um, it can be uncomfortable. But that's—that's that's learning, right? Yeah. That's—I don't mean to quote, you know, be a bro and keep quoting Joe Rogan, but he's like, the scary trips, the one when you get paranoid, that, those are the ones that, are, those are the good ones. It's yeah, where you, you learn you something about it. Yeah, you move the ball forward on those. Yeah, I truly believe, and I say this for a little bit of comedic effect, but I truly believe that people have, that have tried it and have had a bad experience, it's usually they're like, whoa, I got way too in my head, I got blah, blah, blah. Think about how you try out other medications with an actual physician. You titrate yourself. Maybe you overdosed. And I don't mean, you know, overdosing, obviously you can't, we've not seen a fatal overdose of cannabis that, that we know of, but you can definitely overdose on cannabis. You can take too much, right? Right. Um, quote Willie Nelson, though, because you made me think of it earlier. The only time uh, Willie Nelson said he's ever seen anybody die from pot is when a bale of it fell on one of his buddies. So I, That's probably a true story. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've got a I've got a topic to wrap ourselves up on, and then of course uh, you know we've gotten an hour into this. I'm not even asked. Am I allowed to park behind this building? 
Yeah, you should be good. Okay, you cool. You should be good. Hopefully we're good. Um, <laughs> so, folks, I wanted to plug your article really quick before we move on to our last, uh, possibly our last discussion. Um, the Unfinished Work of Cannabis Reform in Illinois by Evan Bruno. It's on the Illinois State Bar Association Association's website. Um, I'm going to throw a link into the podcast description. Definitely check it out. When did you write this? That was, uh, I think that was around election time a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. That was when everyone in the whole country who had a say was like, let's let's get on this cannabis train. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, it's a really good article. It's a, it's a easy, short read. Um, and you talk about meaningful cannabis reform, which has been obviously a, I think what we've been discussing today, what do we think meaningful cannabis reform is? And I think one of the things we talked about is that possession limits. Why do we have them? Like if I asked you right now, Evan, how much beer do you have in your fridge? Um, more than the government would probably let me have if they had a say. If they treated it like marijuana, they'd probably say that I need to go to prison for how much beer I have in my house. Well, I was going to say, yeah, if you if you said something like 35 or something, I was going to be like, I think that's too much, you right. know, and yeah, that's, that's basically what the law is. Um, yeah, except if I had too much beer, I might I might have to go to the hospital if I drank it all at once. Absolutely. It might be bad. It might it's be really big bad. Difference. Yeah. Yeah, big difference. Um, just another example that I say to laugh. I've said it on the show many times. You can go to a liquor store. The only thing that's stopping you from buying out the whole motherfucking thing is your bank account or maybe your credit card or whatever. You go to a dispensary, that bud tender is going to stop you as soon as you hit your possession limit. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing that's stopping you from buying the whole thing is like if you can haul it all home uh, at yeah. the liquor store. <laughs> so, um, so meaningful cannabis uh, reform. You said it begins with the recognition that personal cannabis use and possession need not be a criminal issue. Um, I mean, I take it that you think that cannabis cultivation falls under uh, either the you know use and possession. Like you right. should be able to possess plants. Right. right. Um, so under the 20 under the Illinois Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act, which took effect on January 1st, 2020. Uh, the law stipulates that registered medical cannabis patients can grow up to five plants at a time in their home or on their property. However, over the uh, adults over the age of 21 cannot grow cannabis in their home nor on their premises at all. If you look at the cannabis laws and penalties that are listed on the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, aka normal, uh, Folks, if you want to Google it really quick, just look up Illinois Cannabis Laws and Penalties. That'll bring you right to the page. Uh, the violation of the stipulation of cultivation without a medical cannabis card appears to be a civil penalty of, a, of $200. I hear people talk about this all the time, and I think it's a huge mis misconception that we need to take on. Not that, uh, I think in our former conversation, not that we've maybe seen precedents in either way, but I think people should be treading on the side of caution. You may not just go home with a $200 citation if you grow right. without a card. Right. And what, what do you, why do you think you're going to go away with more than 200? Uh, well, I mean, obviously five plants are not a measurement of how much actual quantity Boom. you can have. Boom. Um, and if, I don't know, five really healthy plants could be like mandatory prison time level of cannabis. Well, I guess if, if it's just possession, I think the worst you can do is a class one felony, which is only four to 15 years in prison, but you could easily get up to over, I don't know, can you get 5,000 grams from five big old plants? I don't know. 
Um, you can get in deep shit, put it right. that way, for possessing the amount of bud that you could get off of the plants. If it's Absolutely. still dangling from the stems, is it a plant or is it? can they measure it as just freestanding bud? Right. That's the question. Now, there's this concept in the law. Um, I'm not, it kind of applies here, maybe, but it's the rule of lenity, which if there's some ambiguity in the criminal law, the tie, you know, the ambiguity is supposed to fall in favor of the defendant. Mm-hmm. We want to be like, you know, we want the criminal law to be really clear. Um, so I guess if I had someone walk into my office and say, I've been charged with, you know, a class one felony for having uh, f- over 5,000 grams of cannabis. But listen, all, all of these buds were on five plants. I have five plants because I read the law and it said worst they can do is a ticket. And so I grew five plants, and I'm a damn good gardener. So these things got nice, and fat, and heavy, and really tall. I had them at my barn. Yep. Um, I would defend that person as if they only had five plants, and I would say, "Look, look, prosecutor, if you're going to try to count the, if you're going to weigh those plants, those green, you know, sap and water-filled plants, water-filled, you're gonna try, right? Yeah. You're trying to weigh those and say that that's how much he had, and that he's on the hook for the, the felony." Um, I'm going to push back on that because the law is supposed to apprise society of what is okay and what's not okay and what happens and what doesn't happen. And so anyone reading the law that says five plants is a punishable by a f- civil fine, um, that that wins. Yeah. That interpretation wins over the interpretation that says, yeah, I know that it says it's only a civil fine, but we can weigh it separately and count it. Uh, now, would I put it past a prosecutor to try that? Hell, uh, right. hell no. Of course they would. You yeah. know that th- there's this notion that applies to all criminal law. Um, comes from the you know if you're going federal, it comes from the Department of Justice. Basically, says like you got to go as hard as you can against these damn criminals. You got to ratchet up, ratchet it up, charge them with whatever you can. Um, that's like an official guidance for the feds. Uh, for state prosecutors, that's usually just like an ethos. You know we. If we have a more serious charge, we're going to charge it. So I would expect that people probably have been charged with that in Illinois in the past, you know, year of, or more of legalization. Um, certainly, if I'm the attorney for that person, I'm going to argue that they're only on the hook for five plants. Points. Yeah. But do I win that? I, I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and God forbid you've just cultivated and. I mean that's that's when you're you're pretty much out of luck then if you've snipped them off the snipped the buds off the plants. Yeah, and that's um, where I think that people could fall into a load of trouble. I mean, I'm looking at uh, you know Illinois the laws and penalties for cannabis on Normal's website, and they're saying that you know on your subsequent offense of more than thirty grams, you get I guess you get a misdemeanor on your first uh, offense, depending if it's between thirty and a hundred. Um, a misdemeanor up to a year of incarceration, a maximum five of twenty twenty five hundred dollars But on that subsequent offense, you could have a felony, one to three years in prison, and uh, $2,500, $25,000 maximum fines. I just, I bring this up because I'm, I am so concerned, like you say, that some prosecutor is going to try to get somebody for not only the cultivation, but the possession, because I've heard too many people say, the card cost about $200 in total. I'll just fucking pay the fine if I get busted. Oh, God. Yeah, that's scary to think about. And, dude. Well, what what they'll also do yeah. is forget possession. You have five plants. That prosecutor is going to charge you with 
possession with intent to deliver. Yep. Because no one could ever have that much amount for personal use. This right. is every every drug possession case ever. If there's enough, it's just they'll just assume that you're going to distribute it. Absolutely. And that's another thing. This is, might be a little out of sequence with our conversation, but one thing no one talks about with this new cannabis law is um, it's Thanksgiving Day, and uh, your dad offers you a gummy from the package he bought, and you're over 21, and you're not in a school, and everything's legal. second he hands that to you, he's now delivered cannabis to you, and that's a crime. So you can't share. There's no sharing allowed of any kind. You cannot pass around a joint. Yeah. That is a crime. Now That's a delivery crime for the person who passes. Yeah. You're obviously, I mean, I don't have any credentials, but uh, like legally or anything. Um, but I spoke to uh, Kelvin McCabe, who was an attorney on the board of directors for Normal. And folks, it was actually on, uh, I can... Their website is down right now. The Cannabis Regulatory Oversight Office. I was trying to find it because they have it on their FAQ. But technically speaking, you can gift in cannabis or in Illinois cannabis. From what I'm reading, and this is on a like I say, an Illinois website. I'll show you this here in a second. But there's some clear like. First of all, I wouldn't test the waters, folks. You know, uh, but there are some clear like. Uh, conditions you have to make just like everything else with this fucking tightrope of a system right so as long as the person you're giving it to is age 21 plus or older you do not receive any form of payment in exchange and it doesn't exceed their possession limit okay but also what they don't say on this website because this is just a you know fucking just a simple little fact you think that protects you in the court of law no right that's why I'm well, telling if people that's not derived from an actual section of the statute Oh, what's it? .gov. Oh, yeah, it's on it's on Illinois' website, but but what they don't say in this, and I hate that they made it this simple. You cannot give away home cultivated cannabis if you're a registered medical cannabis patient, because that is defined as something that you can't do. I don't know if it's delivery. That's right. where I kind of lose. But you can't you can't do that. So it's interesting. It. Well, I could go to the store and gift you legal product, but I you know God forbid it's like yeah. something that I cultivated myself. Yeah, that's really dumb. Well, I, I'm glad that that exists. I don't know where that is in the statute. Casual delivery is... Uh, yeah. Well, that's good. I wonder if that was added in I'm not recently. Sh- I'm um, not sure, honestly. Well, that's good. So someone was using their head. Yeah. Because when I... I've seen some interpretations from, like, state's attorney's offices that have... Yeah. It just says, sells, delivers, or transmits, or something, some language like that, any amount of cannabis yeah. yourself. They have it right here. I mean, it's... Yeah, sale, sale or trafficking. They don't really say anything about gifting, even on uh, Normal's website. So, well, yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if just if you're lo- wanting to look into it, and of course, you know, when when we come have you back on, I'd love to hear your take after looking at it. That section is uh, casual deli- casual delivery, and I guess that. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. See, I don't I don't notice all those things. Yeah. It's just I'm a nerd about some of this shit. So well, honestly, so you have a podcast. <laughs> well, this podcast, this particular episode has been a pleasure for me because I've been looking, I've been looking forward to this conversation for uh, multiple reasons. But this has been like all of the topics that we've roundtabled over. I think we've been doing this for almost a year now. 
Like, I feel like we've touched on every one of them. But the real Good. core bottle of it is that Illinois, the cannabis is not legal. <laughs> yeah. Know? So It's not legal. Um, yeah. I wanted to really quickly read off a few examples just in case we didn't touch on it from your article. Um, exceeding your 30-gram limit is not the only sin that will deprive you of any protection from the old criminal cannabis penalties. The old penalties apply in full force if your cannabis is located in an in, in accessible area of a motor vehicle merely possessed on the grounds of a school including high schools as you mentioned used in a place that can be observed by others for example your private balcony or backyard um or transferred in any amount to any person this may have actually been before the casual delivery came around like i said i don't know when this when that happened um or even again, folks. I want to make it clear that at the table right now, Evan is the one who's the, an attorney. I just talk to. Uh, I just get really high and talk to a lot of people, and sometimes I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Look this stuff up. Definitely consult with your attorney. Don't engage in gifting just because Cole from the Chillinois Podcast determined that you might be able to. And, and even this website, I, that even if you can find this page, which for some reason it's down, I got it off the Wayback Machine though. Mm. Um, don't I would don't expect to come with a, a screenshot of a paragraph from an Illinois government website and that get right. you out of court. I'm telling you, folks, you just want to tread on the tread lightly because this is not legal. And unless you have the the sarcasm you had earlier was brilliant. Like I don't know if you'd be able to restate it, but like yeah, sure you could do that. But go to court, go through all. Like I love right. that. That yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, there's only one way to find out. It's to get criminally charged, yeah. and that sucks. Yeah, and unless like, you have a lot of capital, a lot of money that you can just throw away to prove a point like that. Yeah, and 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 even if you did get charged, you'd have to find an attorney who's going to have that fight for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's uh, not ideal. It's not an ideal legalization system that we've set up here. No, we have definitely not legalized it. So, um Evan, do you want? Do you have a website that you wanted to plug? Uh, uh, Bruno Law, or no? Uh, my law firm's website is tombruno.com. I Perfect. do not have a personal website in operation anymore. Perfect, folks. That'll be in the podcast description. So just tombruno.com. Um, fun fact: before we close out the show, um, Tom Bruno comes full circle uh, on day one of, which is your father, right? right? Um, on day one of legalization, Justine actually sold Tom Bruno uh, some legal cannabis. It was really cool. Uh, we've got a picture, I think, posted on our Instagram from quite a while ago. When we release this episode, we'll repost the picture just because it's a cool moment in history, in my opinion, because I w- I, uh, sometime when I come back or whatever, I got to tell, tell him that I just loved that he did that because it gave a certain amount of credibility to what had happened in my opinion there were a lot of people that i worked with that like saw the picture of my girlfriend selling cannabis to tom bruno and they're like he's like i I did not expect to see that picture and it really you know you talk about what we need to do to transform our culture and and how we view cannabis that went a long way right yeah so you know he'll tell the story some people came up to him said did you know that was going to be in the newspaper? <laughs> yeah. 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 I was the first person at the line on New Year's Day. Yeah, I knew it was going to be in the newspaper. Yeah. Well, which is good. I agree. I mean, it's it would help if some people out there uh, 
more people would just come out of the closet and say like, yeah, I drink beer and I smoke pot. Yeah. yeah but you know, that's taboo for a lot of people. They even people my age still think that you can't. Yeah. You can't reveal that because it's still stigmatized. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I appreciate you having me. Yeah. This was excellent. This yeah. was fun. I had a lot of fun today, man. And, uh, you know, I look forward to having you on in the future. We'll definitely make it happen over a joint or something. Sure. And uh, I guess to close, um, you know, we talked a lot about what had gone wrong today. If you could put it in a bottle, um, what do we need to do to right these wrongs? Specifically in Illinois, we need to remove criminal prosecutions as our primary tool for dealing with cannabis. Um, that means untangling this decades-long uh, web of treating cannabis as a criminal issue. Uh, we need to update the way we think about cannabis, not treating it as a dangerous thing that uh, the government needs to have its hands all over, um, but as what it is, which is a plant that grows in the ground that doesn't kill people, that makes people feel good, and it gives them uh, thoughts that they can't get from other sources. That doesn't need to be a matter for the state criminal law. Mm -hmm. That's where it begins. Um, there will be, you know, the old pearl clutchers will start dying off, you know. Um, but I, I hope we don't have to wait for that. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that we're such a, uh, you know, dumb, uh, slow-thinking society that we need to just wait for the, you know, the, the old people to go away before we can kind of have a reasonable reevaluation of how we want to uh, treat this thing that most people are okay with and yeah. many people use and almost nobody um, uses to the point where the government needs to flex its criminal law muscles to fix. Yeah. So it's an untangling. Well said. Well said. Yeah, I think uh, final thought, um, those pearl clutchers, you know, if you're listening right now, which none of them are, uh, you know, you would, you'd, you probably need to replace your necklace less often if you weren't clutching those pearls. And, and what might help you to relax is if you just, rolled up some good old-fashioned cannabis <laughs> so like you said some of these people just need to smoke a joint buy All a pre-rolled yeah buy it's a pre-rolled messy situation you're gonna you're gonna hate weed even more if you try to do it yourself the old ladies <laughs> very true alright folks well I hope you found uh, this uh, podcast to be informative intriguing thought-provoking what have you once again we're joined with Evan Bruno uh, if you need uh, you know uh, consultation uh, go to TomBruno.com. Let's hope you don't land yourself in that boat. Let's hope that uh, hearing what you maybe heard today encourages you to err on the side of caution. But as we've highlighted, it's a tightrope, and, uh, you know, we can only do our best to balance on that, right? So uh, definitely keep uh, these professionals in mind if you find yourself in a situation like that. And uh, we will see you next time on the Chillinoy Podcast.